Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Tonight's message is Take Heed to Your Ministry, reading to you from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation, in charity and spirit and faith and purity, till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Amen. Just before you're seated, shake somebody's hand and say, God is going to use me. He really is. He will. He will use me. I remember the first passing the mantle in 1998. I was only 17 years old, and I was the drummer that year. You know, I used to be the first string drummer in this church. Now I think I'm about the 17th drummer in this church. And I'll never forget that first night, something went wrong. One of the drums broke. And I ran right up to my dad just before service was about to start and showed him the broken drum. And it was like, in my mind, we can't start church unless this drum is fixed and my dad looked down at me and he said, son, the house is packed. Urshan or Gateway is here. Brother Stone King is here. I'm busy. The last thing I need to worry about is the drum. He said, I give you permission to fix it all on your own. So I went, found some tape, taped it up, and we had church with a full set of drums, praise the Lord. And maybe tonight you feel like that as a young person. Maybe things aren't going exactly the way you hoped it would be before this service or before this conference. Some things may be broken or messed up in your life. I've come to tell you just because you're young, it doesn't mean you can't start fixing things. But God and the elders have given you permission to get your life in order, to develop your own ministry, to develop your own anointing. And if you will take heed to yourself, like the Bible says, it will save you and all those you will minister to. Praise the Lord. Praise God. This service tonight is for everybody, young and old, for all ages. But we are specifically focusing on those from the age of 12 to 29. Because it is during those years, you as it were are like wet clay on God's potter's wheel. You are being shaped by, yes, the church. But yes, you are being shaped by what you experience at home. You are being shaped by what you experience in school. 
You are being shaped by what you view on social media. And it is up to you to decide what you are going to let press you, what you are going to let shape you, what you are going to let form you. And I've come to tell you, this world will not form you into the image you want to be. But if you stick with the church of the living God and the men and the women, God, amen, the men and the women of God, amen, God will shape you into a powerful image. Hallelujah. So stay moldable, stay correctable, and never let anybody despise you because of your age. What it means is somebody saying you can't do it because of how young you are. You can't operate and minister because you're not old enough. My Bible tells me that Jesus at the age of 12 was sitting in the temple with the most brilliant men of his days. And the Bible says that they were astonished at his understanding and the questions he was asking and the things that he knew. And I just believe the same power and anointing is upon a 12-year-old here, maybe a Bible quiz or a Bible reader, a Bible student, a young man or a young girl of prayer. Amen. This older generation is looking for somebody that knows the Word and knows the Bible. Let me tell you this. If you will take time and to read this book and to become, as it were, a student of of it, an expert in it, reading it over and over again. Like Paul said, don't let anybody despise your youth, but be diligent in the word of God and in the scriptures. Because if you know this book, amen, you can minister in a way like nobody else can because this Bible talks, this Bible works, and this Bible has never failed me yet. Get to know this Bible. You'll always have something to say. Be an example in the word. Be an example in your conduct. People are watching. Everybody can see. I learned this when I was about 14 years old up in the front talking and passing notes. And some folks in the back came up to me and said, I saw you passing notes and talking in church, you know. And I'm like, really? Oof. People are watching you. There is something about the anointing of God that will attract the attention of everybody else around you. They may not know what they're looking at, but they can see it and they can feel it. And they are expecting something from you that they can't expect from everybody else. One of my first lessons I learned as a young teenager after getting the call of God on my life was the principle, some can, but you can't. And that is what Paul is telling Timothy. You have got to have the right lifestyle in line with God. While others are having fun, you start praying. While others are out having a good time, may not be sinful, you are there fasting. I've heard Brother Stone King talk about it. While he was at Bible college during break time, all the guys went and played ping pong and had donuts, but he went to the prayer room. And I don't know what all they did in life, but I know Evangelist Lee Stone King was one of the anchor preachers here for this conference impacted so many of our lives because he stepped away from the coffee and donuts and went to the prayer room. Praise God. That's how you have power in your young years, knowing the word, your lifestyle, loving others, being spiritually strong, having faith, and having purity. Paul wasn't there at that moment. 
he had stepped away to minister. But he wrote to Timothy, he said, while I'm away, I want you to do three major things. Number one, reading. Number two, exhortation. And number three, doctrine. A lot of that has to do with Timothy's pulpit ministry. And we still do that to this day. The preacher gets up and what does he do? He reads the word of God. And then what does he do? He exhorts. He communicates emphatically and an urging to bring the people to serving the Lord. And what else does he do? He teaches and preaches the doctrine. You want to have a good sermon in your ministry? Do those three things and you'll have powerful altar calls every time. Reading the word, exhortation, and doctrine. When I was 21, I'm embarrassed to tell you I had never read a book cover to cover in my entire life. How I passed book reports was I read the table of contents, a few pages in the front, a few pages in the back, wrote a few things down, and was happy to get a C plus. I don't recommend that. When I was 21, I was at Bible college, and I knew if I'm going to go to a deeper level in ministry, I've got to have a love to read. And I prayed. It was on my 21st birthday. I prayed, God, help me to have a love to read. You know, when you ask God for things that pertain to his kingdom, he'll answer those prayers. He may not give you the best car that you hoped you could have or the best this or that or the other, but you start asking him for the gifts of the spirit and knowledge of his word, he'll give you things like that. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And I'm sitting there praying, God, I've never read a book. I don't know how to focus. Give me a love to read. Help me to have focus. And I got up from that prayer meeting and got out my Bible. And from the time of November 4th to Christmas that year, I had read the Bible through one time. From Christmas to Valentine's Day, I read it another time. And I've never quit reading it because God heard that prayer and gave me a love to read. I love this book. I've lived by this book. And I've seen that this book works. And I've come to tell you, dust off that Bible, young people, start reading it and God will talk to you. The number one thing I hear from this generation, the question is, Pastor Justin, how do I hear the voice of God? You're not going to hear it till you start reading it. And if you will read it, God will talk to you. He will direct you. He'll make his will, clear, his will clear and obvious and peaceable to you. If you will learn to read his word, be diligent in it, young people. Can you say praise the Lord? During the ages of 12 to 29, it can be a time in many young people's lives where it's easy to forget about what God has called you to. Easy to forget about what God has said. All of a sudden, the call of God doesn't become exciting. It doesn't become your primary area of focus. But the devil can bring in doubt discouragement, and he can bring in distraction. And that's why Paul urges this young preacher, Timothy, to keep that gift stirred up inside him, to take heed to it because of his age and because of the work and the task at hand and the burden of it. It's easy to start doubting the call of God when you don't feel like you're moving forward, when you look around and don't see the success that you hope to have had. And that doubt leads to discouragement. And then that doubt leads to distraction, thinking you were meant to do something else. And that, what is Satan, that is what Satan is doing to this generation. 
doubt, discouragement, and distraction. Not too long ago, I received a phone call from a pastor friend of mine, and he said, my son is in a dark, dark place, and I do not know how to help him. Will you go and reach out to him? And I said, sure, I'd be happy to. So I called this young pastor's son. He was just about to graduate high school, and we met up for some coffee one evening. And uh, I said, what's going on? And he had a big stack of books on the table with him, and I looked, and there were books about why God doesn't exist, agnostic ideas, atheistic ideas. And I thought that is so strange to see a Pentecostal young man with books like that in his possession. And he proceeded to tell me that he was agnostic. And I sat there and listened to him for about 45 minutes. Can I tell you this? If you're nervous about talking to people about the Lord, if you know how to listen, you can minister. And you'd be surprised when you go silent, just let them talk what they will start spewing out of their mouth, and you'll know exactly how to minister to them. So I just enjoyed a nice latte and listened to this guy for 45 minutes explain to me how there is no God. And after he was done, I put down the empty cup of coffee, and I said, my friend, have you ever read the Bible through cover to cover? And he just looked at me like, is that really the first thing you're going to say after I just told you all of this? I said, yeah, have you ever read the Bible through cover to cover? And he said, well, no, I haven't. And I said, but you've read all of these books cover to cover. And he said, yes, I have. I said, you haven't given yourself the right to say there is no God without reading this book. I is right, whoever that was. Come on. I said, let me ask you something. I am a witness that you are spirit-filled. I heard you talking in tongues. And he said, that was my emotions. I said, talk in tongues right now. Get emotional right now and do it right now. He said, I can't. I said, that's right, you can't. Because your emotions just can't do that. I said, I'm a witness of seeing you cry in the presence of the Lord. Was that emotion? Guys like you don't just cry for no reason. There was a reason, and it was because of the touch of God upon your life. I said, I'm a witness. I've seen you at our youth conventions, our youth camps, dancing in the presence of the Lord. I said, people like you don't dance for no reason. You were dancing because you felt something, brother. And I looked up at him and tears started to swell up in his eyes. I said, by your own words, by your own actions, I am a witness that you have experienced the reality of the presence of God. And the sun was going down. I said, look at that beautiful sunset over there. I said, you can't look at that and say... There is no God. But when you look at the beauty of his creation and you look at how the church of the living God reacts like they were doing up here and down here and all throughout the sanctuary, what we have been doing all week. And we don't do this for something that doesn't exist, but something that is so real, something that is so real. And I've come to tell a young person who is doubting this God, he is real. I've witnessed it. You've witnessed it. He's alive. And he is alive in us, praise the Lord. 
Not too long ago, I was trying to minister to another younger guy, and he was, shall we say, heavily medicated for behavior reasons. And because of the medication and the behavioral struggles that he had and the violent tendencies and self-harm and things like that, it was very difficult to talk to. He talked very slow. He was like, yeah, man, he called me dude and things like that. I got to talk to him about the Holy Ghost, how real it was and how awesome it was. And this guy would sit in the back of the church every service while everybody else came forward. He would sit in the back for a long time. But I kept after him, kept talking to him about the word, kept talking to him about the Holy Ghost, kept talking to him about baptism, kept talking to him about the things of God. And then one service, that one service, you never know when somebody's going to move for God in a service. It can be at a passing the mantle. It could be a Wednesday night spaghetti supper. You never know. You just keep on getting after it. And when they are ready, they're going to make a move towards God. Praise the Lord. We were in that service. Everybody stood. The preacher didn't even make an altar call, but I saw this guy that I've been talking to got up and just walked right down and stood to the front. And then everybody gathered around to the front. And I'm trying to get through all the people to go up and pray for this guy. And by the time I'd gotten up to this young man, he had his hands raised. And he went from a guy that talked like this. And yeah, man, it's cool, man. It's awesome. It's far out, man. To going, And I saw with my own eyes and my own ears somebody whose speech was slurred and slow because of medications. The Holy Ghost took control of that in his spirit. He spoke faster than anybody I have ever heard. I've come to tell you that this spirit is real. It's alive. And if you will learn to live in it, amen, you can do wonders for God. Praise the Lord. I have seen at this conference, with my own eyes, people get out of wheelchairs. I have seen with my own eyes people, yes, a lady came in with a broken arm, and I watched years ago as she began to stretch out that hand, and in pain, but began to wave it, and it wasn't just too long. All of a sudden, she said, my arm doesn't hurt anymore. She took off the cast, went to the doctor, and that broken arm had been completely made whole. I've heard of people getting healed of cancer around here, diabetes around here. It's only a matter of time before God raises the dead around here. It's going to happen because the mantle of the Holy Ghost of healing is in this house. Praise the Lord. And if you will take heed as the word commands, you will see those things. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand together. Brother Howard, if you would come to the piano, please. I would like to invite, if you would please come quickly up here on this platform with me. All of our United Pentecostal Church licensed ministers and your spouses, please just come right up onto the platform. And as our ushers also prepare to come down with the mantles here at the end of the aisles. Praise God. That year in 1998 at Passing the Mantle, I was 
so moved and so touched by the ministry of Evangelist Lee Stone King. I had experiences with God unlike I'd ever had before. An encounter with the Holy Ghost like I never had before. And first time in my life I got my Bible and I asked for a preacher to sign it. If you've never done that, I recommend it. God will move on a preacher in those moments to write something special for you in your life. Brother Stone King signed this Bible. I've had it since I was 18. And I don't want to read to you everything. But he wrote in here, he said, Justin, may the gift of faith and healing ever be yours. May the gift of faith and healing ever be yours. And I remember when he wrote that and I looked at it, I could physically feel something rest upon my shoulders. And in that moment, there was an impartation upon my life. And since that moment, I have seen the gift of faith move in my ministry and the gift of healing move in my ministry. And I just feel that's what passing the mantle is all about. Many things happen, but the number one thing is the impartation of apostolic ministry. And we've got preachers. We've got their spouses behind me right now that want to impart a spiritual gift unto somebody between the ages of 12 to 29. And that's what we're about to do right now. We call it the night of anointing. It's not just to come up and feel the presence of God, although you will. It's not just to come up and, you know, get something extra special. You know what it's all about? A way to empower your ministry. A way to keep it stirred up. A way to keep it alive. And yes, to become empowered. I wonder right now, if any young person is hungry for this by the, between the ages of 12 to 29, I want you to get out of the aisles and you're going to pass an usher and they're going to give you a mantle, a special 25th anniversary. And when you get one, come as close as you can to the altar. Put your toes right up on the steps. Get right behind the person in front of you. We got a lot of 12 to 29 year olds here. That's right, God's going to call you to preach at this moment. God may call you to the fivefold ministry at this moment. God may start giving you spiritual dreams beginning at this moment. You may start getting spiritual visions at this moment. Gifts of the Spirit may fall upon you at this moment. You never know what will happen. I feel like there are Timothys here right now. You feel like because you're young, you can't do it. The word of the Lord is saying you can. If you will simply live by the word of God, change your lifestyle, love God, love people, operate in the move and the spirit, have faith, have purity, God will use you in your youth. Give attention to reading. Become an exhorter, and yes, become proficient in the doctrine. Thank you, Lord, what you're doing right now in this holy moment. Lord, you're already ready to move, and you're already dealing with somebody's heart. I feel, Lord, there's a young man, a young woman here that got called to preach when they're about eight or nine, but here now they're 18 and 19, and they're doubting that.
got their eyes and their ears upon something else. I feel like God's calling somebody to go to Urshan College. If you're hearing it and feeling it, don't doubt it. God will move upon you in Bible college. Praise God. Amen. We got more people coming up. If you could just keep on coming. Praise God. Isn't this a good looking group? Praise God. Amen. I think aisle number two right here needs more help. Aisle two and three. Awesome. We'll get one to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, I think we're ready. Amen. We're going to pray, and then preachers, your spouses, just fill up this altar and just lay hands on whoever you can and impart something to them. Father, I just pray right now that an anointing would fall. A powerful moment would happen right now, Lord. As they hold these mantles, Lord, let something fall from heaven upon them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Ministers, will you lay hands on them now and pray. Hallelujah, as the Lord leads. Praise God. I come against your doubt, and may the Lord give you discernment now. I come against your discouragement now. May the Lord give you determination now. Praise God. I come against your distraction now. May the Lord give you focus now in Jesus' name. Anointing fall in this place. Anointing fall in this place now in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let dreams come. Let visions come. Let prophecy come now. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.